0: Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, superachievers! For this episode, I'm interviewing Debbie Heiser. Debbie is an applied developmental psychologist, a TEDx speaker, Marshall Goldsmith 100 coaches, Thinkers 50 radar list, CEO, founder of The Mentor Project, Psychology Today contributor, and an adjunct professor in the psychology department at SUNY Old Westbury. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you for joining us today.
1: It's my pleasure. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, before we get into the topic, which I I think is pretty cool, can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners?
1: Oh, sure. I'm an applied developmental psychologist. And what that means is that rather than looking at pathology, you know, what could be going wrong, I look at what could be going right through our lives. Uh, Starting a a developmental psychologist looks at birth through the lifespan. I focus on midlife through the end of life and all of the things that we have to look forward to. And I'm also the CEO and founder of the Mentor Project. And that's an organization that brings more than 100 world-class experts in fields like science, technology, engineering, arts, math, finance, and law to mentor students around the world for free. And so I balance those two worlds by basically engaging in what would be looking at things in a positive way and how we can move forward.
0: I love that. So is that, uh, would you also say that's positive psychology?
1: no it's really not positive psychology but it's a psychology that most people when you say you're an aging specialist or someone who focuses on uh. <laughs> the second half of life they think there can't possibly be anything to look forward to other than wrinkles and frailty and in fact most people are happier as they get older so it's not positive psychology but it's a form of psychology where you know just like a we can Um, look forward to walking and talking when we're really young. That's something that we expect and something that we look forward to. And sort of all of the things that we look forward to as we sort of learn and advance when we're young. We never stop doing that. It's just that we never, we always stop talking about it after we reach adulthood.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I have to say every year is getting better and better. Midlife has been amazing for me, at least.
1: <laughs> me too. Me too. Yes. Yeah. And we're not alone. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> well, and, and so oftentimes we think of, when we think of mentoring, we're very focused on the mentee and what they can gain from it and why it's important to go find a mentor, which is all great, right? That's important. However, I, I love how we're taking a little bit shift in perspective today and focusing on the mentor. So, and the benefits of mentoring others. So where should we go first with this topic?
1: Well, you know, you're absolutely right. We know that there are benefits to having a mentor. That's so widely known. There isn't anybody who says, I, I don't want help. Um, I want no guidance whatsoever. You know, that really <laughs> doesn't happen. But most of us, when we think about the mentor, it's a faceless individual, it's not a person that we really think of in the equation so much. But really, the mentor is a person who gets as much or more out of the relationship than the mentee. And the reason for that is because the mentors are leaving their mark on the world. They're taking their expertise, and they have an opportunity to then choose the person that they want to work with and what they want to you know, sort of pass on to that person that they're going to then take into the world. Example of this is I was speaking with Bob Lefkowitz. He's a Nobel laureate in chemistry. And he was looking at, um, or biology, sorry. And he was looking at his, what he called the legacy tree. And there was someone who was six degrees He called him Six Degrees Lefkowitz, um, (laughs) uh, Sixth Generation Lefkowitz. At any rate, he was able to hear his voice in this person who he never met before because that person had been taught by someone who had been taught by someone who had been taught by someone who had been taught by someone uh, who was taught by Bob himself. And this is what we look forward to. We want to know that what we do is important. That the footprint that we put out in the world is the one we want to put out in the world so that we can say, Hey, I know that if I say something or pass information along, it's not gonna be lost. It's going to go out and make an impact in the world. And when Bob did that and and shared his legacy tree, it really is what we're all sort of looking for is to make sure that we have our own legacy tree out there. He like A Nobel laureate would do. Just happened to write it down and write it in a journal article. You know how it worked and showed a, a snippet of his legacy tree and all of the Nobel laureates that were attached to it. But you don't need to be a Nobel laureate to do that. You can be a grandma passing down recipes. It's religion that's been around for thousands of years with the same rituals that are attached. It can be all kinds of things that we're putting forward into the world. And when we see that opportunity, it's absolutely exciting Um, and it's really a time that makes people feel happy because there's a lot of productivity and a feeling like we matter.
0: Yeah well gosh there's so many places we could unpack here with that. Uh, First how about the 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 need to leave our mark? How does that help with uh, you know the healthy psychology all that good stuff?
1: So if we're we're built to want to give back it's just the same as walking and talking. Most of us are very familiar with how we develop physically, and that's kind of how we look at the lifespan. Is well, you walk, you talk, you do, you know, other other things. You start to get progress more. You can run faster. You can do athletics. Uh, then you hit adulthood, and you sort of peak, and you stay at a great level, and then you start to decline. That's a super easy thing for us to be able to follow. What most of us don't follow, though, is the emotional trajectory. And we are built to go through emotional stages the same way we're built to go through physical stages. And one of those stages that we hit in midlife is called generativity, and that's where we're built to want to give back. And this is sort of, if you think about it, it makes sense because we're built to want to make sure that we mattered, that what we did gets passed on, because that's what makes the world keep going. Um, It's that emotional connection that we have with others, our community, our surroundings, our family, our friends. It's all of those meaningful connections that we have that make it so that we really want to and are driven give back. So when you're younger, it's sort of inconceivable to say, oh yeah, I can't wait to give back. We're built to, as mentees, as people who are taking things in, to need to grow and develop. But once we have all of that, if you're not giving it back, it's a feeling, it's an actual negative feeling that people have. It's like, you know, you're hoarding all this information, but it doesn't have any meaning anymore because you're not sharing it with others. There isn't anything that it, it's, it's sort of stagnant. It's just sitting with you. So it's when we are able to put it out there into the world and see what happens to it and where it goes and watch the legs of that. That's where our emotional positivity uh, kicks in, where we start to feel really good and we start to feel happy, content, fulfilled, productive, all of these things that we all look forward to. And that's really a, wonderful place to be in midlife.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that totally makes sense because I know as I've gotten older, I've wanted to volunteer more and more with different things.
1: We found with the Mentor Project, we're a mentor-focused organization. And, you know, people said when I was first starting out with this, no one's ever going to join. Who, what experts want to (laughs) give back? Who wants to spend their spare time mentoring people and that's the younger generation that's saying that because they don't have the time when you have when you're starting out in your career you're overwhelmed with like learning everything then you add to that a family and a house and all sorts of commitments and things you have to do there's not even a breath of extra time that you could even conceive that you'd want to give back in many cases um but that is exactly where a person who's in midlife is they they're They have that room. That space is available to them. Oftentimes, their kids are grown or they're in a place where they don't have as much need. You're in a position at work where you know what you're doing. You feel comfortable. You know who you are. You have your identity in place. You have room. You have bandwidth to give back, and you want to. That's when you really want to.
0: Yeah. What are some other benefits to mentoring? And then I want to dive in more into the mentoring project. But first, are there other benefits to mentoring?
1: Yeah. So the benefits to mentoring are that there is the emotional benefit, but the other one is the meaningful connection. You know, when you mentor, if you're really mentoring well... You're connecting with others. It's not simply just getting the information out there, but you're having a meaningful connection with someone. And meaningful connections are the actual sort of foundation of how we age well. Meaningful connections really help us to uh, live longer physical lives and they help us to live longer emotionally healthy lives. And this has been shown in research like the Harvard Longitudinal Study and Laura Carsonson talks about um, being happier as we get older and the benefits that can come from that um, emotionally. And so we know that mentoring has some sort of unseen long-term uh, positive effects on us that are really quite beneficial.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, after the last couple of years, people are realizing how important relationships are in our life. People of all ages are learning or have learned, I should say.
1: Yeah. You know, it's a buffer for loneliness. It's a buffer for yeah. feeling, um, disconnected. Any, everyone has had those feelings in, in at a time in your life, you know, where you've felt lonely, whether you're in a crowd or by yourself, or you felt disconnected from others, at, you know, at one time or another, just think of that being every day. No one wants that. And this is a buffer for that when you have meaningful connections.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now, I'm just curious about uh, the mentoring project. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that?
1: It's the mentor project. And we started um, because we had some mentors who were experts in areas, and they were disconnected from potential mentees. And this is something nobody really thought of. Like, how do you get world-class experts in front of kids who would never have an opportunity to be connected with people, you know, people of that caliber. Yeah. Well, I was speaking with Bob Cousins and he's the 2020 inventor of the year. And he's actually the co-founder of the mentor project with me. And he really wanted to get in front of kids. You know, he, his daughter was already raised and he didn't have kids around him, you know, at, you know, Lining up to get mentored, um, and that's just because when we hit a certain age, we're not around children as much. And then he introduced me to Bill Cheswick, who really had a desire. He's the one of the fathers of the firewall, and he uh, said, "You know, I'd love to get into schools with kids who are in like fourth grade before they get jaded and don't like math and science." <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, that's a problem." And we didn't really do much with it. And then about a year or two passed and we, we saw an opportunity to come together and we thought it would just be a couple of people getting them out into schools and doing some fun projects that were based on the desires of Bill and Bob. And then it just absolutely started to snowball. No one thought that anyone would want to join us because who wants to give away their time? And the idea is that these individuals like astronauts, if you look on our on our website, mentorproject.org, and you look at the mentor page, you'll see we have incredibly high level people. And people kept saying to us, no one's going to want to join and give back their time. They're too important. They're too busy. But these important, busy people have time to mentor and want to. So we ended up having people just reach out to us left and right, and we still do, saying, I'd love to join and mentor. How can I give back? What can I do? And so we have more than a 100 people now who are active mentors and who really enjoy it. And it really does show the power of human development and how we're built to give back. So what our mentors do is we engage them Based on their desires, so we don't have a format and then plug the mentors in. It's mentor-driven. So we have one mentor from Argentina. His name is Javier, and he is really excited by hackathons. And he said, "I'd love to run hackathons. I'd love to lead them." Okay, so now we've had um, some successful hackathons based on him leading it and getting other mentors who say, "Yeah, I'd like to get involved with that." Who also help. We have. Bob paired up with Eurizibus, and he helped uh, a student to get a couple of patents, uh, provisional patents done. Wow. So it depends on what each mentor is interested in, and then we make that happen. And so we have sort of passion projects that come out of that, which the mentees always benefit from, but it's extra exciting because they're really... Formed based on the desires of the mentors.
0: I love the the organicness of the the format. That's awesome. Well, and and we make time for stuff that's important to us, right? So oftentimes, you know, people think, oh, you know, I want someone to mentor, but they're not going to have any time for me. But we make time for what gives us joy and, and is important to us.
1: Yeah, you know, we actually have more often than not, our mentors saying, can you, can you plug me into more? And, wow. it's, and it's because we're able to do things that are fun. It's, it's, it's actually, it's the same as if you said, Hey, I'm going to go engage in my hobby. This is what they're doing is something they've always loved, but they get to do it with someone else who's like, wow, you're cool. You know, it's, it's nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause that feels good too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for the listeners who are like, okay, this sounds awesome. I want to mentor. not necessarily through the mentor project, right? but how would what, how do you recommend folks would go about mentoring in whatever area they they feel like they could mentor in?
1: I think first thing is you could you're never too young to start mentoring. Mentoring looks different though, when you're a kid. So if you're a kid, um, you can start with civ- civic engagement. Uh, That's getting involved in something outside of yourself, and that's the first step. That just leads to automatically being plugged into understanding and learning how to get involved in more generative activities, uh, which are things like volunteering, mentoring, and philanthropy. And when you're midlife and older, uh, the best way to get involved is to find out what is it that I want to give back? You know, a lot of people do a job. And they have an expertise, but that's not what they want to give back. That's not their passion area. That may have been how they earned their money, but what they feel passionate about may be very different. And that can be religion. That can be, you know, something faith-based. It can be community-based. It can be um, something in the world, you know, something global. It can be, you know, looking at climate change or I want to give back in a certain area. So look at what your passion is and then you can just simply do a Google search and find out what people are doing out there in that in that realm, and you can get involved. And you'll find other like-minded people who, which is really one of the really amazing benefits of it, is that you get plugged into people who also like the same things that you do. So you're giving back, but at the same time, you're building a network of um, you know connections who share your same vision and passion. And Another way is you can go to organizations like the Mentor Project and see if there's a way that you can plug in either as a mentor. We also have other people who say, "Hey, I have an expertise in um, you know, doing something like running programs or doing something else. I'd like to do something other than just mentor." And that's where you can get plugged in in a different way. It doesn't have to be a concrete thought of I'm going to give an hour a week and I'm going to do X. It really, you can mentor in any sort of way you'd like and with as many organizations as you'd like.
0: I love it. Oh, thank you. Um, Now, before we get to your final piece of advice, can you share a little bit about your products and or services that you'd like our listeners to know about?
1: Sure. So with the Mentor Project, mentees can plug in and use our Ask a Mentor button that's on our website. So that's a way for them to say, hey, I have a question about something. It can be broad or it can be narrow, but it you know—you can ask one of our world experts pretty much anything you'd like. It's a way for schools to say, we'd like to have mentors come in and speak in our classrooms. If we're nearby, great. We would be happy to do that live. But a lot of times schools would like us on Zoom and that allows us to reach you know, any area around the world. We have podcasts, so um, folks can look us up on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts and you can find the Mentor Project podcasts. We have events that run regularly. You do not have to be a mentee. We open these up to others. They're geared towards our mentees, but we've found that a lot of times adults like to enjoy our Uh, material as well. So we have, for example, you know, coming up over the summer, the summer series, we'll have writing, how to do a TED talk, how to make change, all kinds of different talks. Um, And you can also uh, plug into hackathons. If you're a student, you can go to our website and we'll be posting when our hackathons will be uh, coming up soon. And you can also plug in to say, Hey, we'd like specific programming. Can you help us out? And we generally can.
0: Nice. Okay. And where would people go to learn more about this?
1: Mentorproject.org. We're also on LinkedIn, the Mentor Project. We're on Facebook, the Mentor Project. We're on Instagram, Mentor Project. And we're on Twitter, Mentor Project.
0: I love it. All over the place. Easy to access. Okay, what is your final piece of advice for our listeners?
1: My advice is to look at aging as an opportunity, not a challenge. That everyone I've ever spoken with or worked with who's older, they can't run as fast as they could when they're 20, but they generally don't care. They're really (laughs) thrilled with having the connections that they have and doing what they want to do. Finally, being able to write their own script So I hope that you will look at every decade ahead of you as a door that opens for you to walk through as an opportunity to become more emotionally connected and happier.
0: Oh, I love it. Yes. And wholeheartedly agreed. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Debbie.
1: Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure.
0: If you'd like to learn more about Debbie, visit mentorproject.org. Have you ever been trapped by aliens in a military bunker, locked in a coffin, or had to save humanity from an outbreak of the zombie virus? The Escape Leads have. Learn about how to have fun while developing yourself at escapeleads.com. That's escape, L-E-T-E-S dot